0: message inspires and encourages you. For more information, please contact Nexus Church. Oh Lord, we trust you, we praise you. As we come around your word right now, we say have your way in our hearts, have your way in our lives. Teach us, lead us, we will follow as you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, grab your seats. It's great to Again, spend this time in worship with you. Who had a good Christmas? Yeah, it's been mixed. It's some good, there's some challenges, whatever it is, but hey, Christmas time has been wonderful and to remember what Christ has done for us has been brilliant. So I hope over this time, over Christmas and New Year's, you've been able to refresh in a way, have some good, valuable time with family. Thank you, team. Thank you. You know, um, and thank you, Beck. Um, You know, Over Christmas, I was just thinking coming here, and as I said earlier, you know, my mindset for tonight is this, and I just want to encourage you to keep sort of open and expectant to God in this moment right now. You know, we're doing things a little bit differently, and this is the mindset I sort of have. I sort of have like, this is a, a bit more of a fireside chat, if that's okay. It's a bit more of like, you know, this is the family together. We're starting the year out, and there's faith and there's expectation, but is it a little bit more for want of a better term, informal, fire, fire, fire chat, fireside chat. So is that okay? Is that okay? A bit more maybe think of yourself if you've been camping or, you know, going, uh, you know, with family, chilling, whatever it is. It's a bit like sitting around the room. It's a bit like we're just having a chat. So if you're okay with that, it doesn't mean sort of lean back in your spirit, but lean into what God has. But I just want to touch on a few things that I feel like God's been putting in my heart for us and for me. And so is that okay? Awesome. Awesome. Well, look, um, firstly, um, I love those words and they challenge me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. At some point, many of us here have made that decision for the first time. You know, for me, it was when I was 15 that I I really got that in my heart. It's not my parents' faith. It's not something I just do, but it's something that was a decision that in my heart, it just hit me and I went, Oh, actually, Jesus, I, I decide to follow you. Have you had that moment before? Is it, can you think of that first time where you've done that? And it's something that just is profound, and you go back to and you think about it and you go, that changed the course of my life. That changed the direction I was going. Not that I was going this way to that way, but it just it put me on a path where I went, it doesn't matter what comes my way, I know who I'm following. I don't necessarily know what's coming in 2021, but I know who I'm following. And I find that throughout times, that actually is a daily decision that we, we unconsciously and consciously sometimes make. But it's a daily decision set before us. Jesus says, follow me. And the question there is, well, how are we going to respond but it's also moments that are significant moments, moments that are often in points of change or transition, moments like I just said when I was 15 at a youth camp and it was something that just hit me in a a time of worship. I went, actually, this is my faith. I have decided and it changes my world. It's moments that happen as well as daily decisions and there was a moment that I've been thinking about in Scripture that was a moment of transition, a moment of change, a bit like going into a new year, although this was a bigger thing, but it was the people of Israel, and they were sitting, um, or they were coming to the Jordan River, and we see this in Joshua 3, which we're going to read, but I was just reflecting on this, and, and in, in what, basically where they're at in Joshua 3 is that Moses, who has been their leader out of Egypt, who has been their guide through the desert, who has been their spokesman from God. That is how they knew of God and who He is and what He says to them. Moses was that conduit. This Moses, he'd gotten old and he'd passed away, and and now Joshua, a young new leader, was there who they knew. But they came to this point of change, this point of transition, and, and they started to hear whispers that actually We're going to be crossing into the promised land. We've been wandering the desert. We've been following Moses. He's passed away. How is this all going to play out? There's Joshua. And we're hearing these rumors, these words that we're going to be going into the promised land. And and it's this period of change and transition. And in this moment, God calls them to again affirm afresh in their hearts, hey, follow me. Will you follow me? And so we're going to read of this because out of this passage, there's four dispositions that have stood out to me of what it is to actually say, I follow you, Jesus, of, of not so much what it is, but how we set ourselves up to constantly live that decision is a better way to put it. And so we're going to dive into, into this story in Joshua 3. And like I said, I'm going to encourage you to just keep leaning in because we're going to take a shorter period of time around the Word because actually setting us up for communion and we're setting ourselves up for a time of worship and response where we can actually do some business with God and go, hey, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've decided this year heading into 21, this is where I stand with you, Jesus. I'm going to step forward. So are you okay with that? We're good. So we're, we're laying a foundation here. So we're going to go to Joshua 3, verse 1, and read from there. Okay, it should be on the screen too. All right, verse 1. So they're, at the, they're just about to go to the Jordan River, which we'll read is at flood levels. Okay, so they're, they're told the promised land's on the other side, but here we go. All right, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. Some might pronounce it something else. Um, I don't actually know, but I chose Shidem. So there you go. Yep. English translations. They work out well. And went to the Jordan, the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing over. You've got to think, this is something they've heard about, but they have never known when this is going to happen. And suddenly, they're at the Jordan River and they're hearing, we're going to be crossing. We're going to be crossing to the promised land. So after three days of being there, The officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark was something that was physical representation of God's presence and promises with them. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. 2021 is a way we've never been before. They had in front of them a path they'd never been before. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits. What is that? That's about 800 meters, they reckon, from what I was reading. Between you and the ark, do not go near it. A part of the practicality of that was, if everyone's to see the ark, and that's what they're meant to follow, if they're crowding around it, no one's going to be able to see it except those just around it. So there was a practical element there, as well as the fact that God is holy. All right, Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. We'll jump to verse 13. And Joshua said said to the Israelites, and as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and it stand up in a heap. It will block up. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. They're watching the Ark, the presence, the promises of Jesus, of God in that moment to lead them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. All during harvest, it was impossible to cross essentially. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. And then verse seventeen, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until a whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. That was a nation. They were standing there in the middle of that Jordan for a long time, thousands and thousands of people to cross. It's an amazing story. It's a story that replicates for the next generation what their parents experienced coming out of Egypt to the Red Sea and God opening and parting that way for them to go through. But this is the next transition for the next generation to go through to the promised land, the thing that was originally promised to Abraham many thousands of years, hundreds of years ago to now experiencing that step of the promised land. But there's one verse in this. Before they transition, that really got me over the last few weeks. And this is where I want us to sit. Joshua, in verse 5, says to the Israelites, He says, God wants you to consecrate yourself. For tomorrow I am going to do amazing things amongst you. Amazing things, another translation, is wonders. Consecrate yourself. And at the beginning of 2021, I can't think of a better way to start 2021. And some of you would have done this individually, but as a group together to set ourselves apart, because that's what consecrate means, to set ourselves apart for God. To say, I have decided. You are enough. I'm following you with all my heart, with my hands free, with my eyes focused, and with my mind expectant of your goodness and your wonders consecrate yourselves. You know, there's four dispositions here that I see around what this means to set ourselves apart. The first I just mentioned is a heart that's dedicated, a heart that is devoted. You know, when they come and God says, consecrate yourselves, He's saying, set yourself apart that you would have no other greater affection than me in your heart. Choose to dedicate yourself across to me. Now, here's the thing, Can you think of people in your life or people you've observed who are 100% wholeheartedly committed, dedicated to something, to a cause, to a goal, to, to something a purpose in their lives. Can you think about those people? When I was thinking about this, I was thinking of, because I love sport, I was thinking of elite sportsmen. I was thinking of elite sports people, people who are uh, committed and they said, this is my focus, this is my dedication. I'm going to be the best at this I can. Yes, I've got talent. I'm going to make the most of it. What is it about those people that are committed, who are dedicated wholeheartedly in to this purpose, to this goal? What is it about them? Because there's something, when you look at it, that's super powerful. There's something that's super um, amazing about it that, that changes their life and what they achieve and what they do in their life. You know, when we think about it, one of the things it does is it simplifies their focus. It gets rid of the complexities. When you're wholehearted, when you're, you're in, you're dedicated, it, it simplifies the focus, there's the complexities, the, the mix of things that can get our attention that make us half-hearted. Well, I'm a bit into this, I'm a bit into this, I'm a bit into this. When, when that happens, we don't, we don't reach the potential of the life that's before us. But you think of those people, there's something about those sports people that just they reach and there's this belief that they can do more than they ever thought they could. There's a belief that they can do more than when they were half-hearted. Do you know what I'm talking about? It simplifies things because there's focus. There's a belief that we can do something greater than if I was half-hearted and you step into that, not sitting back. You know, recently I've been watching a, a fair bit of YouTube, or last year I was, and I, I love my trail running YouTube clips. Thank you, Andy, for laughing. Appreciate it. I didn't think it was funny, but, you know, thank you, mate. Um, but I've been watching. But I also just got onto some of the adventure kind of, you know, twenty-minute movies, and and I found this slacklining YouTube. Who, who knows slacklining? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's where you've got this strap that's between two trees initially, but then uh, the extreme people put it between two like um, uh, cliffs, as it were, the, over this this drop of maybe two or three hundred meters. And there's something about the dedication to actually step out. You've you got to be committed. If you're half-hearted, then you're pretty much putting your life really at risk. Yeah. There's something about it that simplifies your focus, that gets rid of the distractions when you're wholehearted, that, that, that removes those things. And actually, there's something about it that causes you just to dig in when it gets hard. Whereas if you're half-hearted about anything, you're not going to dig in when it gets hard because, you know, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And, and as I was reflecting on this and as we think about this year, can I, can I ask, what are you committed to? What are you wholehearted about? Maybe there's nothing you're wholehearted about, and maybe that's the challenge. Maybe there's something you're wholehearted about, but it, it, it competes with your walk with Jesus. And maybe you're going into this year and going, oh, I really would love to, to be able to, I would love to see some changes that would happen in my life. And you're trying to make it work by, by putting these practical steps in place, and that's good to an extent. But there's a point where we go, man, Christ is what we need. And when we're wholehearted, it simplifies that focus. It means we can dig in. It means we step out when there's that wholeheartedness. But there's something about this that needs to be connected to purpose. You know, we can be dedicated about something. We can be dedicated to God. And we we say in our hearts we're dedicated, but it's something more than a mental ascent. It's something more than just emotions that come and go. It has to be a tying to a why, to a purpose. And I couldn't go past, and we say it so often, but I couldn't go past Jeremiah 29. It talks about when we seek Him, that He has a plan that is good for us, that is a plan for our hope and our future. You know, I love in 2 Chronicles where it talks about that the eyes of the Lord roam the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You know, we can think about okay, I'm going to be more dedicated, but know that there's a purpose, that you were created to be a light in the darkness, that you were created to know Jesus, to walk with him, that he has a plan and a purpose for you, that he wants to strengthen you, that he is causing you as you come to him to be a light and a strength to those around him, a witness to them. There's so much to it. I love when Christ is before Pilate and he says, for this cause, the cause of the kingdom I have come. It was the cause that, that, in his heart that led him to be fully dedicated to what God had him to do. There's something about being wholehearted. And tonight is a chance to afresh at the beginning of this year to ha- say, yeah, my heart is dedicated to you, Jesus. I will follow you. But not just our hearts, it's our hands. Our hearts dedicated, our hands free. You know, in here, when it talks about consecrated, what the Israelites actually had to do was they had to wash. One of the things and we see in Exodus 19 is they, it meant washing your clothes. There you go. Washing your clothes. Why is that something that is a part of this process? Because water was a luxury back then. It's not something they actually would do a lot. They're wandering the desert. There's points where there was no water available, where God would miraculously provide it out of a rock. A number of times water was a luxury and so this was something that when they were asked to consecrate themselves was actually to physically wash their clothes so representing a new beginning representing that the stuff that I've caught in my life over the days of my going actually stuff that with God's help can be cleansed away and no longer entangle me as it were you know, I, t- I say our hands free. I'm using that analogy because it's more than our hands cleansed. It's actually when we're, our hands are cleansed, and we'll talk about that more, our hands become free to actually act with purpose, to actually be used by God. You know, I love Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 is an amazing scripture that we know probably well, but it just always comes back to me, verse 1 to 2, where it says, "...since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses," Let us throw off everything that hinders and all that entangles us. I haven't said that right. Here we go. Therefore, I heard it. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. All of us have an individual race, but there's this things that we just catch over the day. These things that entangle us. These things that hinder us. Um, How many know I'm grateful that Liz showers every day? I'll put it that way. How many know I'm grateful that we wash our clothes regularly? Why is that? Because in our going, and this is the point I'm trying to get to here, in our going, we just pick up stuff. Like we go, our hands are what we work with. Our hands is what we do. It represents what we act. And as we're acting, as we're going, we just pick up stuff, dirt and filth that comes. And that happens in life physically, but also in our life in general, stuff attaches itself. And there's points in this consecration moments, as it were, where it's good to just go, hey, yeah, there's some sin that's just attached itself to my life, some choices I've made. At the beginning of this year, I'm going to bring those things to Jesus and I'm going to let him untangle those things from my life so my hands are free to act with purpose for the Lord in his glory. I'm going to bring some of those things that hinder me. You know, when it talks about hindrance, I again go back to my running passion and my enjoyment of running and I think of a 100-meter sprinter uh, and I think of a marathon runner. And the reality is a a 100-meter sprinter needs lots of muscle needs lots of things around them but they to be able to do their their race well. But that 100-meter runner, if if they are a marathon runner and they are bulked up like they need to be for a 100-meter race, that's just going to be a hindrance. The reality is things that hinder are fine and good and they're different for each of us. So we can't compare. We've got our race to run. For some, we need to be bulked up. For others, we need to be thin for that marathon. We've all got our race. But when it talks about those things that hinder, tie up our hands, they could be any number of things that God highlights to us. They can be things that were good in the last season that for this season, for 2021, are to be let go of. Um, I'm going to ask my wife for my phone because it, I saw yesterday um, this this little, uh, I was going to say poem, it wasn't a poem per se, but this these wording that came and it just struck me. It says from twenty twenty. Leave behind disorientation, but bring resilience. Leave behind apprehension, but bring fortitude. Leave behind fear, but bring faith. Leave behind loss, but bring provision. Leave behind limitation, but bring anticipation. And that just got my heart. What are those things that are hindering us that maybe are fine, or maybe they've just attached and they've always been a hindrance. Maybe it's sin to bring it at the beginning of 2021 to Jesus. And I love that we're no longer in the ceremonial practice of the Israelites because of Jesus. We don't have to wash out. We don't have to go through all that. We can just come to Jesus, bring it, let the Holy Spirit do His work, replace the old desires with greater desires, as we say, and to bring us free, to have hearts dedicated, hands free, but also eyes focused. Past the, Cam spoke about this this morning. Uh, you know, eyes focused on Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Joshua said to the Israelites, he said to them, watch when you see the ark follow. The ark of the covenant was, not, was um, essentially the promises and presence of God represented there. God is not limited and did not limit himself, but he wanted his people to know he is with them. And if that's any, the only thing you get tonight... If God is with you, start the year with that. He is with you. He is close by. He wanted the Israelites to know. But he also wanted them to make a choice. Will you look at the rapids of the Jordan or will you look at me? When you look at me, you have one who has gone the path, who knows where you're going. You haven't been this path before, but fix your eyes on me. Oh, it's such an encouragement. Again, in Hebrews chapter 12, after those verses we've just read, it says, run the race and run the race with perseverance, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love that word pioneer. It means that he's walked the path. Again, I love going out on trails. I love running some trails, and I've been exploring through the Diagular, the South Diagular, and other places. And what you realize is that this path, even though I'm looking at my GPS, even though it's on a map. One day back long time ago, someone actually had to cut that path for me, pioneer that path that we now walk. And Jesus is that pioneer in life. He is that one when we fix our eyes, we can come to 2021 and we can go, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the way ahead, but I know who I'm focusing my eyes on. And when I do, I know that he will lead me well. And he has walked that path. You know, it's not blind faith. It's not a faith in a thought or an idea. It's not a faith despite maybe what we would see as evidences that would be against it. But rather, it's a faith that gets to know the one we are trusting. And that makes all the difference because we can come to the one we are fixing our eyes on. It's not going, well, I hope this works. I hope this comes. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, like the Israelites did to his presence and his promises, We can enter 2021 with expectancy and with faith, knowing He is faithful, that He is unchanging, that He is trustworthy. Dedicated hearts, free hands, eyes focused, and minds expectant. What a disposition, minds expectant. This is the last thing as we lead into communion. Minds expectant of what? Expectant of His goodness and expectant of His wonders. In 2021, you know, it doesn't mean that everything we want. And I'm learning that the way that I think it should pan out, the way it should go, isn't necessarily how it should. And God, I have this trust in this experience that God always calls things to pull together for good as we say but he does it in a way that brings all the big picture together and I often only see a little bit but I can enter 2021 with an expectant mind that says of his goodness and of of his of his wonders you know I can imagine as he said this and as the Israelites that night are sitting around the campfire as it were and they consecrated themselves, and they, they've committed their hearts, and they've, they've washed the filth and the dirt off from the days of that have of attached itself. And as they've focused their eyes on the, on the promise and presence of God, I can imagine them sitting around and thinking, wow, tomorrow God is going to do amazing things amongst us. Gee, what could that be? To allow the imagination to start to flow, what could that be? Oh, I remember our parents talking about what he did at the Red Sea. I remember, uh, I remember when he put water, caused water when we were thirsty and had no water to come out of there. I remember when he did this and that and provided food for us. Man, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, expectant of his goodness, expectant of his wonders. Sometimes it's simply, and tonight it might be for you to remember what God has done to lift your faith, to lift your expectancy of amazing things in 2021 as we follow him. So I'm going to invite the band back up. You know, as I said, I wanted to lay a foundation because I really felt tonight was a moment for what what I'm calling a consecration moment. A moment where we get to afresh, set ourselves apart and say, hey, yes, I am all into you to take this disposition that, hey, my heart is committed, to take time to allow in this moment to God to unentangle un- some of those things that are entangling us, that are hindering us, and to do business with God there. You know, in that point, one in scripture that I go to so often when I don't have the words and I, I know there's things to bring to him, I actually go to Psalm 51. I love Psalm 51. It's a scripture that gives me words that speak my heart when I don't know quite how to say it. It says things like, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me of my sin. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, you don't delight in, in, broke, in, in burnt offerings. You delight in a broken and contrite heart. I bring that to you now and say, hey God, I, I forgive me for the things that I've caused to entangle me. And I bring you these hindrances, knowing Jesus, you are able to forgive and to release all those things. For some of you, that is the step tonight, to free hands, heart dedicated, hands free, eyes focused, to take that disposition as we worship further, and as we take communion, to fix your eyes and go, yeah, that is where my focus will be, not on the challenges, but on you, Jesus, at the start of this year, and a mind that is expectant of his goodness and his wonders as we head into this year. For some of you, that's the part tonight, to take a moment to remember his goodness and his wonders.